Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, January 20th, 2021. We did it, folks. I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. I am so thankful to say that we are finally here at Inauguration Day 2021. As always, I'm recording this episode the night before Tuesday night, so hopefully Wednesday has gone smoothly and that my currently sky-high anxiety was all unneeded. But for now, I just want to say this hope that I'm feeling is a good feeling. I'm unsurprisingly very progressive, despite my upbringing. Uh, Now, as an ultra-progressive, we'll all, of course, still have a lot to fight uh, with the Biden-Harris administration about, and will be fighting with the Biden-Harris administration about. But it's nice to be able to breathe for even just a minute. I've spent a lot um, of this past week reflecting on the past four years, really the past five years, with all the trauma that election, the election as a whole brought on and election night brought on. On election night 2016, I went to the live taping of The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. I used to go to live tapings all the time. I haven't been, uh, when I say all the time, I mean at least a taping a month. I haven't been to a live taping of any show since. Uh, because of that night and just being in rows of crying, shell-shocked New Yorkers and then being told by so many people that we, the collective we on the left, not just that audience, but that we were overreacting and things were not going to be that bad. The last, the past year has especially been so hard, so, so hard and I'm grieving all the people that died at the hands of this presidency and the people who will continue to die, the people who have been actively and passively harmed, the people who have lost rights and privileges that we've taken for granted. I am full of grief and full of hope, and I'm looking forward to a better four years where I can carry some of that hope without so much conflict. That's what I hope for. Okay, (laughs) that's all I have to say about that. Let's get into the news, which will be more of the same because this is going to be a politics-heavy episode. First, though, Patreon, patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon. So we start today with an end. The Trump presidency, which left over 411,000 people dead from the coronavirus alone and found countless new ways to be cruel and inhumane. On the art side, in the final week of his presidency, Trump proposed cuts of $27.4 billion of programming, which included a request to cut $110 million from the 2021 fiscal year budget for the National Endowments for the Endowment for the Arts and National Endowment for the Humanities. As reported by The Hill through a process called rescission, the president can request that Congress cede budget authority over certain programs for which money has been allocated but not yet spent. When Congress processes the request, funding for these programs can be frozen for up to 45 days. Since the proposed move this past Thursday, Actors' Equity Association has responded with a statement from President Kate Schindel, who said, quote, 
It's sad but unsurprising that Donald Trump would try to wreak havoc and cause more damage on his way out the door, given that he has tried to eliminate the National Endowment for the Arts since 2017. The NAA is responsible for keeping the lights on at arts organizations in every state. These institutions are not only finding ways to support their communities during a pandemic, but they also continue to provide middle-class jobs in an industry that is facing record unemployment. We look forward to having a pro-arts, pro-worker president take office this week. As Schindel said, Trump announced his intent to eliminate the NEA back in March 2017, which didn't happen, thankfully. The budget actually increased by $7 million last year. So much winning. As I said in the intro, there's going to be a lot to fight back against and continue to fight for. But as Schindel said, what a change it's going to be to go back to a president who understands the value of arts and humanities. And as we continue to have all of our workers still furloughed or maybe even permanently out of work during this pandemic, at least getting somewhere where every proposal isn't a thumb in the eye at the end is very, very welcome. All right, before we continue with today's news, I'm going to toss it over to James to talk about our sponsor for the week, ExpressVPN. We'd like to welcome ExpressVPN back to Broadway Radio. There are tons of VPN providers out there. You've probably heard of a couple of them, and some of you might even have used a VPN before. But I like to do research on my sponsors, and I only recommend brands to my listeners that I believe in. I can say with full confidence that ExpressVPN is the best VPN on the market. ExpressVPN doesn't log your data. Lots of really cheap or free VPNs make money by selling your data to ad companies. ExpressVPN developed a technology called Trusted Server that makes it impossible for their servers to log any of your info. Second is speed. I've tried lots of VPNs in the past. Many slow your connection down or make your device sluggish. I've been using ExpressVPN for a few years now and my internet speeds are blazing fast. Even when I connect to servers thousands of miles away, I can still stream HD quality videos with zero lag. The last thing that really sets ExpressVPN apart from other VPNs is how easy it is to use. Unlike other VPNs, you don't have to input or program anything. You just fire up the app and one click button to connect. It's so easy that your grandparents could use it. And it's not just me saying this. Wired, The Verge, CNET, and many other tech experts rate ExpressVPN the number one VPN in the world. So protect yourself with the VPN that I use and I trust. Use our link, expressvpn.com slash broadwayradio today, and get an extra three months free on your one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash broadwayradio. Visit expressvpn.com slash broadwayradio to learn more. And thanks to ExpressVPN for continuing to support Broadway Radio. Alright, let's wrap up today's show with a couple of other news items and recommendations. First up, Manhattan Theatre Club has announced its next set of virtual offerings as part of its MTC Virtual Stage 2021, including a new series entitled Snapshots that will feature 10-minute works created exclusively for the digital format. New snapshots will premiere monthly going forward, and among the playwrights featured in the coming months will be Alexis Shear with Ritual, colon, A Spell for Healing and Transformation, Liza Birkenmeyer with Please Welcome Our Guest, colon, A Personality Test Slash Performance, 
Camille A. Brown with Camille A. Brown, colon, A Glimpse Behind the Curtain, and Key Gwynn with Untitled Vampire Cowboys Project, colon, an, un- an original treat for pop culture nerds everywhere. Love that one. <laughs> Additionally, beginning in February, MTC will celebrate past productions in a curtain call series. Premiere dates for the virtual readings will be announced soon, and the lineup will include a 30-year span of plays that includes The Past is the Past, Three Days of Rain, Neat, and Beauty of the Father. And finally, in the news, nearly 100 Black theater institutions have been selected to receive grants as part of the Black Seed Project, including 651 Arts, Adelco, Black National Theater, Harlem Stage, Negro Ensemble Company, Pittsburgh Playwrights Theater Company, and more. Led by the Billy Holiday Theater in collaboration with the Craft Institute, Plowshares Theater Company, and Waco Theater Center, the Black Seed provides grants running from $10,000 to $150,000 over one to two years to create equality within the arts and culture industry. The program was kick-started by a $5 million gift with a coalition of benefactors. Says playwright and Black Seed panel reviewer Danye R. Love, quote, I look at the Black Seed as the North Star. It's guiding Black theater towards liberation. Never has an initiative come that holds such mighty space for Blackness. The Black Seed is saying all Black people matter, Black women the Black queer and trans community, Black youth and elders, Black disabled folks. We all matter and we are all worthy. Very excellent news and many congrats to all of the recipients of those grants. You can check out the full list via the link in our show notes. Three recommendations, count them three for this inauguration day and let's stay on theme here. First, over at the New York Times, Laura Collins-Hughes has put together a piece about theater during the Trump administration and how it stepped up, discussing uh, the public's Julius Caesar, what the Constitution means to me, slave play, building the wall, shipwreck, heroes of the fourth turning, and many, many more. Don't forget, theater and art will always be political, so stepping up for the moment is really just to be. It's a really interesting piece, though, and good to be reminded of so many fascinating productions that have happened over the last four or five years, so be sure to give that a read. Next, as Matt and James teased on yesterday's show, Laura Benanti closed out her run as Melania Trump, aka Banania, on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert in the only way that would be appropriate. A full musical number uh, parroting Beauty and the Beast's Bell in Times Square, where Melania really just wants to return to New York, but no one in the city is having one bit of that. So, so good. I really got to check out to see who all on Colbert's staff wrote it because it has some really <laughs> killer lines and especially towards the end. And I mean, you can't ever pass up Laura Benanti singing and dancing. Come on. The top YouTube comment on the video said it best, though. Quote, the only thing I would miss from Trump's presidency is Laura Benanti playing Melania. Ain't that the truth? 
And finally, maybe most surprising, be it to me to recommend something from James Corden. But on Tuesday night, the Late Late Show presented its farewell to the Trump administration with a Les Mis One Day More parody, of course, that featured Joshua Grosso, Jillian Butler, Emily Bautista, Kyle Scatliff, Schuler Hensley, Matt Lucas, and the Patty Lapone with a pretty cathartic ending to this video, and it also ended with a call to action to donate to Broadway Cares, which got me a little teary. So, for once, be sure to watch that thing that James Corden did. <laughs> we will have the link to that and everything from today's show in the show notes. All right, that is all we have for you today. So thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And if you are willing, able, and so inclined, you can back us on Patreon at patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon. And again, don't forget to visit our sponsor at expressvpn.com slash broadwayradio. Get that extra three months free if you get a one-year package. Protect yourself today and visit expressvpn.com slash broadwayradio to learn more. As always, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at no, this is Ashley. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. Take care of yourselves, and may today be as uneventful as possible. Grace and I will be back to talk with you tomorrow.